0: That's right, we're live on Brooklyn Paper Radio from downtown Brooklyn, America's downtown. Just turning up my headphones. That's right, I'm Gersh Kutzman of the New York Daily News. Maybe not for long, but of the New York Daily News. What do you mean not for long? Hold on. And that voice you just heard, that handsome, dulcet tone coming from the golden throat of Vince DiMaselli, editor-in-chief of the Brooklyn Paper. And this is Brooklyn Paper Radio recording live. You'll stream it all week long. Hopefully, thanks for running run again, Johnny. Just run it again. We'll do it live. Anyway, we're recording live, streaming live from Brooklyn Paper Building in downtown Brooklyn, America's downtown. I'm is. Gersh Kunstman, and i got to say, I famously retired from this show a couple of weeks ago. Famously. Yes,
1: there you There was did. even a story in the Brooklyn Paper about it. Yeah, there was a whole retirement story. They threw a party
0: for you. But I was in the neighborhood of downtown Brooklyn, because I, I, you cannot keep me out of America's downtown.
1: Uh, there's so much going on down here, Gersh. Oh, my
0: God. So much so much traffic from all of that. But anyway, I know you love traffic. But look, you can't keep me out of downtown Brooklyn. Vince texts me. He says, look, I brought you coffee. And I said, you bought me coffee. I'm going to be
1: honest with Johnny Butch at the coffee. I That's didn't right. want to pay for that. Oh, thanks, Johnny. You're but
0: welcome. But anyway, I said, I'm coming out of retirement to do the show one more time. This is my last show. My last show, Vince. I know. Okay. So I'm coming out of retirement. Thanks for the coffee. But I got to return the favor. for, And maybe Johnny can even have one. Uh, I went to the fancy food show in distant Manhattan yesterday. I don't know why you would go there. Because you get a lot of samples, and right now we're going to be enjoying Tate's chocolate chip cookies. Those are the thin, crispy ones. Those are
1: the ones from Long Island.
0: Yeah, Southampton. I don't love a thin, crispy cookie, but Tate's does it right. I'm going to open them up. They've been in my backpack. I don't already. know. I honestly don't know how they do it. Oh, these are the mini ones. Oh, I don't like a mini cookie. Wait,
1: it's a mini. Oh. Yeah. oh, Those look they- amazing. I, I thought they had broken up. But that's no, you know what this is? What? This is like Cookie Crisp cereal when you were a kid. You remember Cookie Crisp? Yeah, it's not it. Back not in the seventies, the seventies and eighties, Johnny, when we were kids, you no, they no. would serve you candy for breakfast, and one of those candies was Cookie Crisp. Cookie Crisp. Give, give, give Johnny a no. cookie. Well, no, that's great. not it. That's not how they did it now.
0: These are not good at all. So, but if you can hear the sound of my voice, the fancy food show is still going on, right now, at the Javits Center. One more day.
1: We went to Brooklyn Eats on Friday. You think it's you think it's difficult to get a reporter to an event? Just Not, tell him, hey guys, I need you to go to Brooklyn Eats. There's going to be free food. Yeah. And the whole friggin' office literally got up in unison yeah. and covered Brooklyn Eats. Brooklyn
0: Eats is one of the great. When do events. when
1: do you see more than one byline on a Brooklyn paper story? Well, uh, if it's if it's Colin Mixon, he's out there. Well, there was seven bylines on the wow. on the Brooklyn Eats story. You should have bylined it from the Brooklyn paper, Brooklyn Eats, Brooklyn Bureau. Bureau. <laughs> All right. We got to get out. The Tate's cookies are a big mess. I don't know. No, I like the Tate's cookies, and they really do taste like they're fresh, like like we just made them. No, they're too crispy. If I want a Chips Ahoy, I'll get a Chips Ahoy, Johnny. <laughs> this does not taste like Chips Ahoy.
0: They're very small, it, too. I think his name was Chips Ahoy. All right. <laughs> as you know Vince DiMoselli how much you bet on him <laughs> we bet I bet $500 <laughs> yeah. $500 on the on the fifth horse in the third race I think <laughs> his name was Chips Ahoy that's an inside joke for all the lovers of the Hold Steady out there and Hold Steady great band they used to, come on we gotta have a whole Mr. Steady on we gotta have Mr. Steady on anyway Vince I don't like to start the show in any I'm sorry about the Tate's Cookies but I, <clears throat> I don't like to start the hey, show hey I got an
1: idea this is how we start the show let's just go right into three commercials <laughs> Three commercials? Yeah, do, let's have, just do, do we have a new three. advertiser? No, let's just do three. Three commercials? No, I'm only kidding. Let's okay. not do that.
0: So look, we only have two advertisers. Of course, we're talking about Dr. Joseph Lichter and Village Care But I would be remiss if I didn't start the show by A, remarking upon Vince's handsomeness
1: thank you. and
0: general masculinity. Yes. And then asking him, Vince, how was your vacation? I understand you went to the city of brotherly
1: love. I did. Now, there are different... different it's, there are vacations and there's travel, Gersh. Mm-hmm. Are, are you, do you know the difference between the two? Sure, sure. No, sure. I'm not gonna say this was a vacation. I went with my family, I went with my wife, I went with my kid. I met my sister-in-law there. Huh. But this was travel because in travel, you go somewhere and then you have to, like you got to hit all these spots. So you go to Philadelphia. What spots are you hit? We gotta hit the Liberty Bell. Right. We hit the Liberty Bell. You know it's a dumbbell, by the way.
0: What do you mean it's a dumbbell?
1: Do you know what it, the, the term dumbbell yeah. is? Is the term for a broken bell. A bell that doesn't ring. I didn't realize that's that. actually the term. I learned that at the Liberty Bell. I always thought a dumbbell was a be- was a was a barbell. There, th- that as well. But a dumbbell is a bell that doesn't ring. Wow, a dumbbell. And in all the uh, in the original um, newspaper accounts yeah. of when the Liberty Bell broke, they all said the bell is now dumb. Really? I swear to goodness.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And what papers covered that? Was was that like a Ben Franklin joint? Hey, there was the Philadelphia
1: Inquirer, I think, was around back then. The Philadelphia Inquirer. Ben yeah, Franklin's was the
0: Philadelphia there. Inquirer.
1: No, he had the Saturday. No, what man. would your headline? What would your tabloid headline be? What was his? So remember, Johnny. Oh, the Liberty Bell breaks. Johnny,
0: just so you know, the Liberty Bell broke the first time they rang it. Apparently. Oh. So what's your
1: tabloid headline? We're gonna play, t- bury the lead with Vince DiMascelli. What's your tabloid <laughs> headline for the Liberty Bell? Well, I I don't re- I don't know the reason why the Liberty Bell was built. Like, it wasn't built as any. It was just like. I think it was for Independence Hall. I believe right. it was for. But I and don't it wasn't be- even Independence Hall back then. It was the State House. I it was believe. just the State House. Okay, so. Let's see. Liberty Bell. It's not, the, it's not called the Liberty Bell. Um, government waste tax dollars <laughs> <laughs> on no. Dumb
0: Bell. I'm talking about a tab. No, thank you. I'm talking about a tabloid headline. Go. Okay, tabloid
1: headline. Uh. Ring, ring, ring! The bell ring out. I gotta actually type these things out. I there. know it's true. You gotta be typing. Finally, got a tabloid I... headline
0: for the breaking of the Liberty Bell. Seventeen, whatever.
1: The bell breaks on. Oh, first. how about this? I got Let's it. Let's go. What do you got? Bell tolls for no one. <laughs> Liberty Bell busted.
0: Yeah. How's but that? You got, you got bell. You got bell twice in that though. I would go like um, ding, ding dong. Nice. You guys are the professionals. Ding dong, the bell is dead. <laughs> yeah. Ding dong is good. Uh Gong Show. <laughs> well, the Gong Show hadn't been invented yet, but you still h- could have gone with Gong show. Gong show. Gong show. Uh, ben Franklin et al. <laughs> Remove Bell for
1: doing yeah. such a lousy job or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So we hit the Liberty Bell. Yeah. Independence Hall. You got Independence Hall. You gotta do Independence Hall. Beautiful building. Yeah, we did that. You gotta get some you gotta go out and get a cheesecake, a, a, a cheese steak. steak. Yeah, or cheesecake. cheesecake, or Philadelphia brand cream cheese. Hmm. Got to do all those things. The did you do cheese? all these
0: things? Yeah. Where'd no, you we your, did them all. Where'd you get your steak?
1: Now, unfortunately, I got the steak at the uh, at the market, the terminal market. Mm. It's a great place to go. No, it's a great place to go, but it's, it's the, the cheesesteak I had at the terminal market was not good. Where'd you go? You didn't
0: go to you didn't go to. Uh, There's two to Tony different Luke's. I saw there
1: was two places to get the cheesesteak. You didn't go to Tony Luke. There were two places to go. I don't remember the name of it. Right. I would No, the thing was we had driven down from New York, and we were starving, so we went. Sh- Excuse me. I'm, that's some of that cheesecake. I, I don't know what's going on. Cheesesteak. We were starving, right. so I said, look, we're in Philly, let's get some cheese. So now, wait, I'm not done yet. Well, we got to get out, but okay. Then yesterday, all right, yesterday, uh, we did the Franklin Institute. Do you know the Franklin Institute? Science Museum? It's like a kid's museum. It's like a fun kid's museum. It's oh, yeah, really a lot of fun. Franklin Institute? Everything's uh, named for Ben Franklin down there. Oh, brother. they love Franklin. Yeah, they, they love do. Franklin.
0: He's like our Hamilton and our Washington and... No, they love them. Okay. Or
1: Franklin or. Institute. Yeah. And then you got to walk to the art museum, which is right around the corner from the Franklin. Oh,
0: Institute. I saw they put that uh, that statue of you up there.
1: Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I was so angry. Can we get with a picture it? of that statue. Yep. Put it up. I was so angry with it. I ripped off my motorcycle helmet and threw it at the statue. Nice. Nice. I was wow, so angry. Really with good. All right. And then, and then we climbed the steps. And then we found that there's actually uh, if you don't want to climb those steps there is there is handicap accessibility. You yeah. can mm. you can kind of work your way up there a different way. So we did all that. I, I and then we ate in the Brooklyn Heights of Philadelphia. Oh, which is what? I think it was called Fairmount? The Fairmount section? I believe. Uh, it was I, mean, I don't know
0: Philly. I, I just know that when I'm there I drink six eggs and I go running up flight of stairs. All right. Do you chase we got to get out.
1: We got to get out. You chase chickens? We got to get out. I chased a chicken around Philadelphia. For hours, right. I was just running around chasing. I can't catch them. Sounds so, like a great trip. They are I, fast. I,
0: I got it. Can I get some of that heralding music? Because I, oh, not yeah. yet, though, because I'm I'm going to introduce a new segment in Brooklyn Paper Radio. Go. <laughs> uh,
1: it's
0: not exactly what I was going for, but it's okay. It's not. <laughs> a, but I'm, I'm going to introduce a new segment. It's called. Stump D Micelli. Oh man. You know, because here's what happens, Johnny. <laughs> it's, the, it's, the, it's an open secret that I wanted my old job back at the Brooklyn Paper. And the reason I wanted my old job back, Johnny, is I there's only one speed to Gersh Kunzman. On. And you That's need true, yes. you need someone what like that with his hand or her hand on the till, or his hand, on the till. Making sure there's not a single mistake, making sure what's everything... The t- wait, what's the till? Isn't the till? It's like a boat thing. All right. So we're going to play... Can I get that music game no, We're going to play Stump yeah. D.
1: Macelli. All right. We hold on. Maybe we Let's should just this. sing the national anthem. No. I wanted you back, too, by the way. All right. Kill the music. This isn't what I, I was know, looking for. <laughs> okay.
0: So here it is. Stump D. Macelli, question one. Go. Vince. Yes. What building will dramatically change if Steve Levin changes his mind?
1: uh the watchtower building. Wrong.
0: Ru- wrong. <laughs> wrong. I needed a Oh, I'm just, can you get that now? What am I doing? Just a little late would be fine. Yeah. I, I got to find that though. All right, well, forget it. So that's wrong. According to your own story in today's Brooklyn Paper website, Packing Perps, Paul open to idea of enlarging Borum Hill and you spelled Borum Hill wrong. Jail to allow Rikers closure.
1: Yes, that is the House of Detention. Sure. And
0: by the way, if anybody out in your newsroom can hear the sound of my voice, the headline on Lauren Gill's story is spelled incorrectly. So give me an.
1: That's uh, a B O E R U N. Yeah. Okay, so that's question one wrong.
0: Yep. And by the way, I, I just right.
1: want you to know I was away yep. for the yep. last three that. days. I understand that the story basically says. And on top of that, I have not edited any of the stories that are online because hence I was away. Right. Borough Hill Councilman
0: Steve Levin said he is open to the idea of expanding the neighborhood's 800-bed house of detention as part of the city's plan to close the jails on Rikers Island. Now, you and I, Vince, talked about this story spe- we about in a speculative island. nature. We did a while when, ago. Yeah, a couple of months ago, we had a guest on the show who talked about the closing of Rikers. And yes. this is a big story for Brooklyn. I just think, why would why yeah, closing why are we closing a jail in Queens? Why are we talking about that? We were talking about that because it was an important public issue, because I and you, Vince, raised the question... Where are all the people at Riker's going to go? And I immediately said the House of Detention. House oh, of D, baby. And whoever was on the show said, oh, well, Paul, that's preposterous, Malark, it'll never happen. Well, of course, it's going to happen. And Steve Levin, who has been holding the line on that,
1: will let go of that line.
0: Well, he's playing
1: ball with the mayor. He wants to be in his good graces. Looks okay. like he's going to get four more years.
0: Question number two. Go. Why
1: does New Jersey suck? The Watchtower building.
0: Wrong! Oh, come on! That's because this year the fireworks for Fourth of July are moving to Greenpoint. It wasn't have to do New Jersey because it's not in the East. It's not in the West River or the North River that we call the Hudson. It is in the East River again this year. So Jersey sucks. Jersey sucks. Would you have said Jersey? I'm trying to get a chant going. Jersey sucks. No, I know. Jersey sucks. Understand? Jersey sucks. Can I get a chant going? That Jersey sucks. sucks. Jersey. So look at Johnny. He's too. He's he afraid he'll going to lose his job or he's something. He's looking at me. I don't care. He's <laughs> like, is this okay? okay? He's
1: like, Vinny's not doing it.
0: Question number three. Go. What role should the rain play in a news story
1: that is not about the rain? <laughs> oh, that's an easy one. Yeah? That is an easy one. Go. What If the story's not about the rain, it shouldn't even be mentioned. Headline in today's
0: Brooklyn paper, Go. Affordable Housing advocates Storm Rent Guidelines Board Amid Downpour. Lead. Oh, it's the lead. A little rain didn't stop their parade. <sighs> you need to. You need to go out there and swing a bowling ball in that. Oh industry. my god. Now, Johnny. As an aside, we used to have a guy. We interviewed this guy. He was Scottish. <laughs> we wanted him to be a sub editor to me because there was so much copy to move. And we wanted him because we imagined. Vincent, you're going to do the imitation. It was, it was so good. We said, you know, we got to hire this Scotsman because we have this idea that he's just going to go in there and say this. <laughs> go.
1: <laughs> I've been not copy but since before. You were sucking on your mother's teeth. Something like that.
0: And right? then he was going to throw a desk over. <laughs> Why, you? And he was going to say, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean to put the weather in a story? i never put weather. put weather The in only a story. time you put weather in the story if the story is about the weather. And then he throw he turn over a de- turn a over table, a table and then walk out and have a three
1: martini lunch. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the best so part. You're
0: failing your own test. Got two more questions.
1: All right, let's go. I'm doing good. <laughs> Who I did not I passed that one though. That one I got. I didn't go no, watch but time.
0: You but you didn't. Yeah, but you didn't edit it out of your own copy.
1: Gersh, I told you I was on vacation All slash right. traveling. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fine. Next.
0: Who is Kim Levine, and why does Brooklyn want to eat her? Eat with her. Sorry, that was a little for slip. Why does Brooklyn want to eat with
1: her? Levine. No, it's Levine. Levine. It's Kim Levine. Kim Levine, <laughs> and we want to eat with her. Hmm. is this uh, this sounds like something to do with the Watchtower?
0: Nope. She's the owner of two <clears throat> of two Carroll Gardens places: Lavara on uh, Court Street, which I go past every day on the bike, and then uh, the sorry, it's on it's on Carroll Clinton Street. Sorry, and the next door coffee shop, Tacoa, which is great for a breakfast sandwich. So okay. she owns it, and she just won an award. What award? At the um, at the Eater. Website Eater. Have you ever heard of Eater? I don't even know yeah, what I've that is. I've heard of Eater, and yeah, eater, I don't know why we're writing eater about eater that website. either. I don't either. Sometimes okay. right. I was like, go away for a day.
1: Last question. what happens.
0: Last question. By yeah. the way, your website's not working.
1: Last question. It's not working.
0: I'll show you. Why should you never run a picture of students from Helen Keller School in the print
1: edition of a newspaper? Why should you never run a picture of students from the Helen Keller School in a picture A picture in the newspaper? In a print newspaper. In a print edition of the newspaper. Um, I'm guessing this has something to do with the Watchtower. Okay, it's a two-part answer.
0: Uh, two-part answer. <laughs> there you go. One is, you don't want to run pictures. too many pictures in a print edition newspaper because they take up a lot of room. They and, do take and up you need, all, you need all the room to fit all the news that's fit to print. Right. Students from the Helen Keller Services for the Blind School are blind. That's true. Yes. You literally can say to them, oh, we ran your picture on page one. It looked great. Is that offensive?
1: I don't, I don't know if it's offensive. Why would
0: that be offensive?
1: Blind blind person, person with blind kids. I don't know. Get
0: offended. I mean, they're going to be sad about what I just said, but is it offensive? It'd be all right. Anyway, don't no, run. So anyway, Vince a comedy, ran a.
1: Comedy is hard.
0: Vince, Vince ran a beautiful picture on the website where you have unlimited space, but in the print that's edition, true. you don't run a picture of students from a school for the blind. Well, I was going
1: to say, why don't you run that story? And the reason you don't run that story is because, like, people just go on to the website and tell really worse jokes than Gersh's there. And that was a totally legitimate joke. Than, All right. got to get no, out. I had no problem with your joke.
0: Zero, zero, clear on that. zero points for Vince on that. Can I get a sound effect? Excuse me. That. Bam. Okay. So now we're going to reach out to – now, listen, Vince. i got to tell you yeah. something. I, you were away, away this weekend. You probably weren't even riding the rails today as I was. Uh No, no. The city is breaking down. Now, I'm not talking about the whole city. I mean, Johnny, you look great. Vince,
1: obviously, you're always handsome. I'll try. The equipment here still largely works. Except for the stuff that Johnny broke last week. But Accidentally. Yeah. I'm talking about the subway. People usually don't break things on purpose. I'm talking about the subway,
0: which is the heart and lungs, if you will. I'm not going to throw in Central Park or Prospect Park as lungs. The heart and lungs no, of New York City. Ridiculous. It's the, it's the what would you call that? The circulatory system. It's
1: the blood, it's the blood life. Okay.
0: And it's breaking down. Now, I don't need
1: to go to it's Twitter. Clotting, Gersh, clotting.
0: I don't need to go to Twitter. Today we had a derailment in Harlem that shut down the A, B, C, and D trains all for all over the place. So, I said to my boss Arthur Brown, and you're going to love this, Vince. I said, "You know what, okay. Arthur? New York's dead." We should just write the obit. Just freaking write the obit. New York City, 1657 to 2017, had a good run. Yeah,
1: and it died due to pulmonary... Uh, That's exactly medical, right. Yeah. The c-
0: k- cardiac, cardiac. what do you call it? I called it... Um, cardiac arrest brought on congestive, by... Uh, congestive, congestive heart, heart failure, failure yeah. right? Cardiac it's arrest. Big story. Makes and you sense. know what he says to me? No, no, no. Not time for that yet. So mark my words today. What's today? June 27th, no. 2017, Gersh Kuntsman wanted to write the obit of New York City. This it would, would have you, been. Would you have
1: published that, what's your he- I would. Have. What's, head- head- what's your headline?
0: New York City to New Yorkers, dropped dead. No, mm. no. The obvious headline is New York, comma whatever age we decided it yeah. is, comma dead of congestive heart failure. MTA uh, culpable may be brought up on charges. Nice. Mm. Maybe I'd do it as a murder story. Yeah. Maybe I'd do it as a crime story. Anyway, that's what I want to do. And because of that, we're going to reach out to one of New York City's best writers. I mean, present company excluded, obviously, because I'm already in the room and Vince is there. Yeah. I'm going to reach out to Lenore Skanazy. Now yeah. you know her. Well, I'll introduce her when she gets on the phone. Edgar Don't get this Alan number, Poe,
1: right? Lenore.
0: Nevermore. Nevermore. If anybody's going to have a take, it's going to be Lenore. Turn her up. You should. That
1: idea, you should tell her about that idea. I will, I'll tell her about it. That's good.
0: Hello. Lenore Scanese, this is Gersh Kuntzman of Brooklyn Paper Radio, and you are live on the air with me and another guy called Vince DiMaselli. How are (laughs) you, Lenore? I feel like
2: I've won a prize.
0: That's great. Wow, I wish more people said that, because you have won a prize. We are allowing you to share with our listeners and our readers Mm -hmm. your opinion about what the fuck is going on. And what I'm talking about, (laughs) obviously, is the MTA, Lenore Ah. And, and your last name is Skenazy, rhymes with crazy. Rhymes with crazy. Lenore, you ride the rails like I do. I do. First of all, give us your recent horror story, personal horror story about the subway.
2: Oh, I'm trying to... Because everybody's gonna, got when one. When you're waiting for the E train, none of the E's go by. Can I just tell you one good story, and then we'll get back to bad stories, which is that I've been on the sure. library train twice on the E, and I love it. It's so
0: cool. What's the library train?
2: Oh, my <laughs> yeah, God. Heard of it's that. a train that on the outside says in the letters that look like giant subway, um, you know, circles with letters, um, NYPL or New York Public Library, Subway Library, something like that. And then you get in, and all the walls and the ceiling are um, plastered with these decals that look like shelves of library books, Mm -hmm. and then the ceiling looks like the ceiling of the Rose Room, the Rose Reading Room at the public library without somebody's foot coming through it, which I know happened recently. Mm -hmm. And it's just glorious. And you can go on. It took a little while, but I got on. You can go, when you're in that subway car, you can go on, I can't remember if it's like NYPL, MTA, or something like that, and get onto the library's system and you can take out books for free and you can register your name and somehow, I mean, I had all these pictures taken of me because you can enter a contest of you interacting with the New York Public Library subway car, and so I have funny pictures of me pretending to choose a book. And um, so it's an ad. I think they're funny. So anyway, that was that's the good side. The horrible side (laughs) is
1: yeah. We were we had gotten completely (laughs) off topic there for a second. So now (laughs) the horrible side. It would have been nice to get stuck in that library uh, in that library car. Yeah, it's a better car to get stuck in. in the the Jerome Tree Tunnel. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. And make people
2: smile. But but the horror story for me is that I moved to New York City in 1981, and I remember you would always have to add like half an hour to your estimated time of arrival just in case the subway decided to just stop Mm -hmm. and sit there like a stubborn mule. And over the decades, it was like one of those things where your arm doesn't hurt anymore. It hurts, and then it doesn't hurt anymore, and you're throwing softballs, and you're jumping rope, and you're reaching for things on high shelves, and everything is fine, and then suddenly it starts hurting again, something that you just took for granted because everything got better. And that's how I feel now. I feel like once again, if I need to get somewhere, I better just prophylactically add 20 minutes to half an hour because, God forbid, it might just stop. And I feel like about half the time it does.
0: A good use of the word prophylactic, by the way, because readers. <laughs> yes, reminds our readers, reminds our readers always be <laughs> safe. When you're having sex in the subway. <laughs> all right, but, but Lenore, look. Look, there's all that time. So
2: I had a conversation
0: with Arthur Brown, editor-in-chief of the Daily News today. Now, you go way back with Arthur Brown.
2: I do go way back with And Arthur.
0: you don't go back that favorably, if I remember correctly.
2: Arthur was the one who had to deliver the information yeah. that I was fired yeah. from the Daily yeah. News. Oh, my goodness. Okay.
0: So I said to Arthur today, hey, Arthur, why don't I write... An obit of New York City because (laughs) this MTA crisis, New York is dead of congestive heart failure, right? Oh, would mm -hmm. you would you have published that story? Would I? Yeah. Yeah, front page, (laughs) front page story, right? It's great, Lenore. You (laughs) and I are going to start a newspaper.
2: Yeah, because that's a that's a winning proposition. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Right. All right,
0: (laughs) right, let's stick with the MTA though. So, reason the reason I was moved to write that though is because when you're actually on the social media, you really see the extent to which. And I'm sure it was the case in the 80s, early 80s, when
2: the
0: the subways were believed to be at their nadir. And we did Mm -hmm. a whole series about it in the news. But Mm -hmm. uh, now you have access to everybody's plight. Mm -hmm. I guess the question I'm asking is, do you, as a personal user of the subway, do you feel it's getting worse or is is it some hype?
2: Yeah, no, not only do I feel it's getting worse, about a year ago... I, I, I live in the same building as Andrew Siff, the reporter for Channel 4. Well, must and I, be I, nice. You must know, be nice. in my imagination, it feels like the subway's getting bad. And he said, I just am preparing a piece on that called It's Not Your Imagination. Uh-huh. The subways are getting worse. And then since then, you know, I've sort of been chronicling in my head. And it, really, the fact that I've switched from trusting the subway to distrusting the subway is, I'm sure, not just me alone.
0: Well, there's no question about that. Now you know I am dating a woman in Queens, in Jackson Heights, in your neck of the woods. Uh huh. Totally in love with her. I were bike- you the one who said you would never go to Queens? Weren't you never no, Queens? No, no, no. Hey, ho- whoa, never whoa, Queens? whoa, whoa, whoa! I gotta shut that down. I gotta <laughs> shut that talk. Down. First of all, I worked in Queens for the Daily News for uh, six months. Mhm. I uh, love Queens. I'm a Met fan, so I'm in Queens a lot. I don't mm-hmm. know what
1: you're talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So Good. again, and well, I'm, in wo- I'm, in a, I'm in love with the woman. I'm in love with I'm in love with the woman in Queens, and I bike to her place a lot. We bike a lot, and I know exactly how long it's going to take to get from her place in Jackson Heights, because I sleep over some nights. Johnny, I know you're bl- you're you're blushing, but <laughs> anyway, to my office in Lower Manhattan, it will mm-hmm. take fifty-eight I hope you're doing minutes. It okay, yes, yeah. fifty-eight minutes, Lenore. Now, if right, I were to wait. take mm-hmm. the E train to the N train or whatever, it could take. 53 minutes, it could take an hour 53 minutes. And yeah. that's the thing that, that, that makes people crazy, I think. Right,
2: that's hmm. what I'm saying. You just don't know. And then, you know, if it does work, then you have 20 minutes, but you're early wherever you're going, and you walk around and you waste money.
0: Well, you do. You always get a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. You always know right. you got so a cup consumed. of coffee. i But nobody's ahead of time. Everybody's late now. Every day my reporters come into the office, sorry the subway screwed up, I was late. Now, at some point, you have to just add in that half an hour, and you got to shower a half an hour early. you got to wake up a half an hour early. you got to do whatever business you do in the morning a half an hour early.
1: As a boss, I've already made that proclamation to the staff. You, now how did you issue said proclamation? I just went out there and I said, look, everybody's saying they're getting in late because the subway is not running on time. So it's clear the subway is not running on time, so everybody has to get up earlier mm. and get to work on time.
2: But isn't it sad that that's official now? I mean, I'm sure that pronouncement is being made in offices around the city that... You just must expect the subway not to do its job.
0: That sounded
1: official, Vince. It can't. It can't be an excuse anymore. Well, was it official? Of course, it's official. I go out and say it. They listen. Oh, I say jump. Wow. They say how high. Wow. <laughs> so you say wake up. They say how early. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: You know, Lenore, that hmm. the MTA a couple of weeks ago issued a proclamation, its own version of, a pro- of Vince's proclamation, saying asking big employers in the city, including the city of New York, to stagger their workers' hours so that some people would come in at 6 a.m. instead of 7. The people who normally come in at 7, maybe they'll come in at 9, so that the subways are not congested during these difficult summer months. We call it the summer of hell. What do you think of that plan? That strikes me
2: as already defeated.
0: That's Obviously, right.
2: they've given up trying to get people where they should get on time, and they're saying it's, it's not us, it's you. That's That's, right. that's always the sign of a bad relationship. That's a,
1: that's a blame transfer. We call that it the is. transfer of blame. That's have
0: you ever been right. in Instead a bad? of a train r- transfer. That's Lenore, Lenore <laughs> have you ever been in a bad relationship like that?
2: It's been a long time, married, married, decades and decades.
0: You're very, she's very happy right now. By could, very Very happy. Very excited. Nice guy. Yeah. Oh, he's a great guy. No question about that. Never met him, but I, 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 <laughs> I know he's a great it. guy. But the point is, when you throw up your hands, when see, you throw I, up. <laughs> I said, to, I said to Arthur, and I did do a column that the MTA had basically said, MTA to city, drop dead. Mm-hmm. If you stagger people's hours, suddenly we don't even have a city anymore. We're all ostensibly telecommuters because we're, right. we're not working the same. Maybe we overlap a little bit. Mm-hmm. So what ha- what happens to collegiality? What happens to the after work drink? What happens to What happens to
2: a business that's thinking of opening here and thinks, wait a minute, my my employees are not going to be here. (laughs) I'm not going to have them here. I might as well just open in Idaho where it's really cheap and I'll just telecommute.
0: Now, you know, Lenore, because you're a very, very smart lady, and Johnny (laughs) doesn't know this because he's not nearly as intelligent as you. The Union of Atomic Scientists. (laughs) Where am I going (laughs) with this? They always keep what they call a doomsday clock. How close to midnight we are as a species from blowing ourselves up nuclear. Now, Mm -hmm. that clock is actually... At various times during the Obama administration, it moved closer to midnight. It moved further from it. It's 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 roughly it a 12 like hour clock, a twenty four hour clock. I think <laughs> it's basically like two minutes to midnight. They decided. Now, oh, okay, they're always
2: on red alert.
0: Yeah, pretty much. They're a little bit of alarmist. But if we made a similar clock for New York City, mm. how close to midnight are we? Given, given that I would say, like eleven o'clock at night would be, you know, just well, I mean bad. I mean, like, I don't know, maybe after 9-11, right? The day after 9-11, we were at like 11.45. Mm -hmm. We thought this city's going to die. Have we gotten closer to midnight or closer to to saving the city since then?
2: Oh, I don't think we're anything, I don't think anything comparable to to the day after 9-11, which was just so incomprehensibly sad.
0: No, no, I was just setting the clock. Are, we, are right. we better? Set the clock to another time and all compare right. to them because that, thats <laughs> 19, emotional versus a raging subway. Okay, when the Dodgers left <laughs> and the clock moved to eleven fifty-eight, <laughs> right? And we obviously we've had better times. So we've moved. Where are we now compared to that? I mean, we, is the city dead? Is New York City dead?
2: No, I don't think New York City is dead at all. And I'm not even, uh, you know, first of all, the the pressure is on now. I don't think it feels like. Nobody can ignore the subways now and heads will roll and possibly so will trains (laughs) because it's just too vital to the city. But I, um, what I'm sort of hopeful about is this whole era of, you know, bike sharing and ride sharing and, um, the, the equivalent of dollar vans roaming around the city now the the, the cars that pick people from one spot to another when there's like four people in the car down they go and to the downtown and uptown again i think that um <laughs> you know they say a crisis is too good to waste i feel like the crisis of the subways is meeting up right now with this whole new era of Zipcar and uber and lyft and all the others and i feel like that's going to help us a lot. And then with attention, I mean, attention is good. Everybody is paying attention to how slow the trains are and how awful often the buses are. And uh, I think that that will be the issue. I mean, that, that's the issue that affects us all the most in the city uh, and, and across all, all categories and, and boroughs. So, I, I, you know, I don't feel that unhopeful. I feel like crisis means movement.
0: Well, you said something before that I have to go back to because it was hmm. egregious and it crossed the line. I thought we were friends. <laughs> you said, like, Uber and Lyft and all these ride share things are going to save us. No. We, more cars on the street are not going to save us. In fact, we got to get rid of all of these cars, have some automated driverless cars, no car ownership at all, more bikes, more mass transit. You don't have car ownership transit.
2: if you have the Ubers and the Lyfts and stuff and zip cars. That's the, sort of the opposite of I mean. I was just at uh, Transportation Alternatives, just had this wonderful evening at the, maybe we were there, There so many people I couldn't tell, at the Museum of the City of New York, and it was called Mm. Streetopia, Mm -hmm. and it was coming up with all these different ways to give the streets back to the people, because actually 80, what is it, 80% of New York's public land is the street. And we think that half the street, certainly on my street in Jackson Heights, there's, to, there's one aisle down the middle for driving and then both sides are parking And so that means, just even on my own street, that two-thirds of this public space that could be anything, doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a street, certainly doesn't have to have parking on both sides, certainly doesn't have to have free parking on both sides, has been given over to cars that sit there for the majority of the day and often the majority of the week. Maybe they move sometimes for, for alternate side of the street parking. So we have to stop thinking that it is the public's right to have all this space taken up by what is storage, I mean you wouldn't want to give free space to people to store their junk right. in front of their apartment for twenty four hours a day uh six and a half days a week, and yet we let people store their cars there, and we say, well, that's what streets are for. no maybe streets are for faster buses, maybe they're for a big bike lane um a bike lane, and a fast bus next to it because we're taking over that space that has been given to free <laughs> to people to store their what happened to be cars but we should just think of them as storing giant boxes in front of their houses rent free which doesn't make sense. Right,
0: that's
1: a subsidy to drivers. As a driver Gersh I, I knew this day was coming.
0: <laughs> well you you <laughs> I know, driving. I, know, I
1: know I predicted this day years ago. There, there there will come a time where you will not be able to park your car on the street for free. Good. And there, will, and I'm not, say, I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just saying this is what's yeah, going to happen. Did predict this. And there is there will be a time when even if you have like a garage, yeah, and your car drives through the sidewalk or something like that, then there's mm-hmm. going to be like some sort of fee to cover that. Yeah, a cut fee, we'll call it. We'll cut mm-hmm. Curb cut, curb fee. cut fee. All right, we got to get out for one second, Lenore, I do have a couple, one more, a couple more questions.
2: Okay.
0: So and don't take this the wrong way, but you are. I'm n- about to. You no, don't. You're not getting any younger. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> I'm
2: taking that the wrong way already. So
0: here's the stop thing. now. All right, <laughs> you're you're obviously great-looking, and you're healthy, but you're not going to be forever, and that's why you're going to need something like Village Care Max, (laughs) and the reason I say that is it's a Medicaid managed care policy. Is it a nice place? No, no, that's the thing. No, that's the beauty. You stay in your home. Village Care Max works with your doctor and a team of professionals to keep you in your home as long as possible so your lousy, rotten kids don't put you in a nursing home. All you got to do, Lenore. Tell um, me more. I will, but (laughs) don't take my word for it. Just go to the website, villagecaremax.org. You're going to click on there. You're going to find out about how it works with your Medicaid. But how does it work with my Medicaid? Well, that's it's all there on the website. You don't listen. You don't want me to tell you. You want the professionals at VillageCareMax.org to tell you. Village CareMax, you live the life you want to live
1: without the cars
0: and the noise of a nursing home. Mm. Okay, and Vince has another question for
1: you. Yeah, when was the last time you saw a quality dentist who was truly affordable, Lenore?
2: Um, I'm waiting for to see my dentist, but I love them.
1: But your dentist is in Queens, right?
2: My dentist is Union Square Dental there. I'm giving them a shout-out. They're great.
1: All right, no, no. Rephrase the question, Vince, because I think she doesn't understand. Okay. When was the <laughs> last time you saw a quality dentist who was truly affordable? That's a great question, Vince. I don't know. <laughs> well, if your answer is it's been too long to remember, too then long. it's time to see Dr. Joseph Lichter. Because Dr. Lichter's state-of-the-art dentistry is often at extremely reasonable prices, some Give of me which. Some of those prices. I'm man. gonna throw some out at you. Ready? Are
2: there some prices available?
1: How about some Zoom bleaching? Zoom bleaching? You know, no, no, Lenore doesn't need Zoom bleaching.
2: I need slow bleaching.
1: <laughs> zoom bleaching, three hundred ninety-five dollars. You need an implant; tooth falls out. You gotta put in a new one. Twelve fifty. You need Invisalign. Twelve
2: dollars and fifty cents.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just mention Brooklyn Paper. There you go. <laughs> you need Invisalign. That's those braces that go behind the teeth, so mm-hmm, you can't see them.
2: They're almost
1: invisible. Thirty-nine ninety-five. So listen. Lenore and everyone else out there in Radio Land. <laughs> Doctor Joseph Lichter is the official dentist of the New York Riveters of the WNHl. And you look at those girls' smiles, Gersh. They glorious. Don't, they don't look glorious like glorious smiles. Call Doctor Joseph Lichter today. It's a 718-339-7878 Because at Doctor Joseph Lichter, your smile is his priority. All
0: right. So that's the reason we had those questions, Lenore, is because we talked about the subway. But now we w- – and if you're just joining us, we're on the phone with Lenore Skenazy, rhymes with crazy, a columnist, one of the greatest column- – Lenore, I grew – I actually grew, got into the business because of writers like you. Funny, you sm- funny smart, urban writers. Hmm. You that and – And there was like, you know, Larry Sutton who just died uh, mm-hmm. recently, great, like always had that tabloid wit. Anyway mm-hmm. – so I, we got you on the show to talk about the MTA, which is I killing read, New York. I used to
1: read Dave Barry.
0: Dave Barry's great. But Dave
2: Barry is God. Yeah,
0: yeah. Da, but Dave Barry was a syndicated columnist, Lenore. I wouldn't, That he, he's not even, it's a whole different thing. But I used to read him he, in the Daily I News. Had a syndicated column. No, no, I'm saying, but yes, but the fact that he ran in the Daily News is like he was a Oh, foreigner. that's right, you're he home, wasn't ours. You, you were homegrown, grown.
1: homegrown, homegrown.
0: But the reason okay. I bring it up is, Lenore, you must be working on something new. And I want yeah. you to share it with our readers and our listeners, because you're a unique talent.
2: Oh, actually, I'm working on starting a nonprofit mm. that will be dedicated to ending the overprotective culture of America that is crippling our kids and our country. That's funny. But it needs a name. That's so, if funny any of your readers or listeners or you come up with a great name for basically making free-range kids even bigger.
0: Let me know. Well, Free Range Kids for all our listeners who don't know Lenore Scanese's fine work is stems from a column you did a few years ago in which you let your then how old son? Then nine years old child ride the subway by himself. And that created such a firestorm uh that you ended up creating this whole free range kids movement. Now you want to turn that into a non profit, which is weird because Vince is already running a non profit. It's called the Brooklyn (laughs) (laughs) Paper. Hey I'm already nonprofit. How do you like that? (laughs) I'm here all week. We're all on the same page, yeah. All right, anyway, so you want to turn free-range kids into a non-profit. Why? Why not make some green off of this?
2: Well, it would be run by me and some other people, and it would be bigger. I mean, we would have some backers, um, donors, philanthropists who believe in the idea, and rather than just reading my blog and reading my column in the Brooklyn paper, we could be doing things like running contests and having conferences and making videos and going and speaking at schools and speaking to the... National Principals Association and the American Academy of Pediatrics and spreading the word that our kids are better off when we don't overprotect them. So, right, so you
0: really believe in this because, like, it started as a column and a lot of hate mail and a lot of people <laughs> saying you're awesome, and now you actually, like, believe that there's a movement here. It's not just... Pro-
2: now there is a movement, but what was interesting, I, I went back and looked at my old columns because, by the way, I also have a book out called Has the World Gone Skinavy? So, Wait, um, hold on
0: a second now. Let's just put that on the back burner for a second. We're going to bring Skenazy back. But I'm talking about the free-range kids thing.
2: Right. <laughs> so when I, when I looked at my old columns, because I was putting them together for that book, I found columns for when my kids were... Four and six, saying so. I'm letting them go into the men's room without me. Is that crazy? I don't think so. I think they're going to be fine. And I'm and then when they're a little older, so I'm letting them go play outside in the courtyard of our building by themselves. Is that crazy? No, I think it's fine. So you, know,
0: you never let it them was go. something
2: to- that I believed in all along, and the only thing is people were interested in the subway column, but right. I've been writing about the same issue for years.
0: You never let him go into a church alone, though, did you?
2: <laughs> oh, I did that again! <laughs> wow. Oh, I went there! That's Walking right. into a church, what, are we singing?
0: Are no, I'm just Brown? talking, I'm just talking mm-hmm. about pedophilia, but that's just what I do when I mention the church. Anyway, let's move on. Ah. So the point is, you, you turn this belief in your own parenting style uh-huh. into something saying, wait a minute, this isn't just right for my kid, this could be right for a lot of kids.
2: Right, and it's actually not a parenting style. It's a sort of world view, and the world view is that, you know, we've always, you're never going to have a world that's perfect, and if you keep waiting for the world to be perfect for your child to be part of it, you're, you'll never let them go. And actually, kids learn, you know, how do you learn street smarts? You learn street smarts by being out there in the streets sometimes. On, on the street. And You know, your parents have always been responsible for teaching you the basics, don't get into somebody's car, you know, look both ways before you cross the street, things like that. But then my parents and your parents were able to let go, and now parents are being told if you let go, you're crazy. And there's absolutely nothing crazy about letting go the same way our parents did. Yes, eventually you teach them how to ride a bike, then they can ride a bike. You teach them to cross the street, then they can cross the street. You don't have to be with them every single second, as our culture seems to be saying now.
0: Now, here's the problem, Lenore. Hmm. I'm the opposite type of parent, not by choice, just by temperament. Mm -hmm. And I have turned my kids into millennial fucktards. (laughs) I've said it on the, listen, you can say, I said it on the air before. They're not capable. Literally, hey, can you guys put the, you know, can you guys beat the eggs for the cookies we're going to bake? No. (laughs) Can you go to the corner store and get, no, I'm afraid of the street. I mean, so I, and I blame myself. Don't Should I? Yeah. So, you know, actually no, my, never
2: no. blame parents. Everybody says, oh, those horrible helicopter parents, of which you sound like a one. But it's not you. It is a culture yeah. that has told you if you send them to the corner, what if they're preyed upon by the pedophile predator that you think is lurking behind every bush? It's your fault. Don't let them go. It's too dangerous. So I don't blame you for being fearful, but I do have a solution.
0: Ooh. Which is what?
2: Come up with a reason that they have to help you by doing something for you. Oh, my God, the guests are coming and we're out of toilet paper. Oh, my gosh, you guys want cookies? We don't have any eggs. Just come up with some reason that you're preoccupied. You can't do it yourself. You need them to rise to the occasion. And kids, like most of us, like being heroes. Like, oh, I can save the day by getting the toilet paper or the eggs or whatever. So they will generally do it because you've presented them as like, you know, I know you, I trust you. Normally I wouldn't beg this of you, but now you must. Mm. And then they go, yes, sir. And they go out and they do it, and when they come back, with hopefully what you asked for, um, they are very proud, but you will be changed even more. When you see your kids come back, and they will come back, <laughs> you're like, wow, that's so cool. Look at their independent little people. They're not just kids in, in embryo. And it's really easy to do this, and I've watched people do this time and again. And I actually had a television show entirely based on this, and it will change you, and I guarantee it. You can call me back after you've done it.
0: Well, I mean, you, I would call that a workaround. We're working around my own temperament. So help.
2: you do it, but it will change your temperament. Is all I'm I saying. Know, you I think it's inbred, in and you think it's never going to change. Uh, but it's bizarrely malleable. It's unbelievably mm, malleable because ridiculous. we are so hardwired to love seeing our kids grow up and be competent and blossom that that hardwiring will kick in, and your your fear level will actually be lowered. It's bizarre. It works. You should just. Just try it. If okay. You don't want to try it by yourself. I'll come and sit and have coffee with you while you send your kids off to do an errand.
0: No, why don't you do me a favor? Tell me, tell me my s- style of parenting, and here's the way it doesn't work. Jane failed the Regents. She failed the Math Regents this week. She failed it.
1: Okay. Oh, she failed the Regents. Yeah. And okay. the
0: reason she failed it is because I was helping her with her homework for years and years and years. I'm, such a, I'm, I'm the worst parent in America. I helped her too much, Johnny.
1: That's a hard test, the regents' math.
0: It's really not. They give you every year's regents, and you can all you have to do is take them. Just take the last 10 years' regents, and you'll get 100 on the regents.
2: Can I, I think you're allowed to graduate even without passing the regents.
0: Well, look. It's not, just not,
1: a, not if you want a regents' diploma. Oh, yeah, th- well, that's thanks, the point. You thanks. get
2: thanks. a diploma, but not a regents' diploma. No, You
1: a need diploma. a regents' diploma. I mean, come on now, Lenore. <laughs> I, I don't know where my regents' diploma got me, by the way. I'm, I'm here. I ha-
2: question do you have to pass all the Regents to get a Regents to diploma to get the
1: Regents diploma you have to pass all the Regents you have to now you could even fail the course yeah. if you pass the Regents test you will still get a Regents diploma well, well she's your diploma Now this, this your happened diploma. to me this happened to me in uh junior year of high school yeah mm-hmm. i failed sequential math 3 i mm-hmm. failed it Across the, I hope my son doesn't listen to this. I failed it across the board. I failed it the first semester. I failed the second semester. I failed the midterm. Yeah. I failed the third semester. I failed the fourth semester. I failed the regents. <laughs> I went to summer school. I failed the summer school class, Ooh. but passed the regents. <laughs> How did you do that? And I got like <laughs> a 67 on the regents.
0: <laughs> and then they gave you a regents diploma. And I got my regents diploma. So you don't know sequential math at all. Like one, two, three, four, seven. Uh. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No, I'm just saying, Lenore. You're, yeah. you're you're bringing me off the ledge a little bit. You're a great mom.
2: I I don't even think I'm a great mom. I just think I'm a mom. And basically, nobody gets to decide who's great or not great. You're just a parent, and if you're not beating or starving them, I'd say you're fine. Wow. See, here, here's Pretty my problem bar. though. Like my kids afraid. <laughs> low bar. My it's like kids you don't get a regent's momhood from me. You just <laughs> yeah. get a <the> mom <laughs> or
1: dad. My kids afraid to go downstairs or be on any floor of the house by himself. So we have a very tiny Cape house, three mm-hmm. floors. How well, old is only, the child? He's ten now. Right? Okay. Doesn't want to go downstairs. Doesn't want to go upstairs. Mm-hmm. So my answer to this is just go downstairs. Just go downstairs and get the garbage. How hard is that? Yeah, so, so that, how do you, what do you then think Then he cries. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Did he get the
1: garbage? Uh, every once in a while, he'll, he'll go and get the garbage if I, if I overreact. But I feel like I'm overreacting. I shouldn't have to come to that. Uh, I'm going to try this other method, I
0: think. I think we should all do the free-range parenting thing. I'm going to try it. Lenore, I'm going to try it. We're going to have you on the show again. But before we let you go... Mm. Tell us about the book because I read all your columns back in the day, and when they fired you at the Daily News, I ripped my garment. <laughs>
2: it was I a day really did. Morning. No, <laughs> right.
0: I really thought. I it was you have
2: Arthur Brown on your show.
0: <laughs> Maybe I will have Arthur Brown on my show. You know what's happening tomorrow, by the way. Before I, I let them. you tell you about my book. So, <laughs> the feature
2: <laughs> about your book. How about my book? <laughs> That's
0: Gersh's.
1: Listen, after this, Lenore, he's going to say that. Then please talk about Gersh's book <laughs> and his play, and any other thing he might be working right, on. But we'll give you a moment and to his see his girlfriend. That. <laughs> oh, I love
0: her so much, and I, l- I mean she's amazing. But all right, look, Lenore, tomorrow is what we call the dog and pony show because mm. the the features editor position at the Daily News is open. <gasps> Open. Now, you probably applied. Every there's been a there's been a parade of people through Arthur Brown's office the last couple of weeks, huh. and he is deigning to let me make a presentation in support oh. of my candidacy for that <laughs> yeah. job.
1: Leonard Gersh is the uh, assistant. Wait, what I've that been was? the
0: assistant features the deputy features editor De- for De- like fifteen the years. features
1: <laughs> editor, and they're bringing in people all around him. <laughs> and, and, and they've done that
0: the last no three offense. times. <laughs> no offense. So he says, "Well, you know what? Why don't you make a presentation and we'll see what we think." So I've spent like. 3 weeks on this presentation. It's got graphics, it's got light, it's got a smoke machine. Vinny's <laughs> Vinny's, <about> com- <laughs> Vinny's coming in at one point.
1: I'm going to be I'm going to be dressed as a scientist and I'm going to explain <laughs> to them how 4 out of 5 dentists surveyed recommend Gersh Geruconstant for their patients there that you read go. newspapers. And if I read newspapers. To
2: remember that is probably still a daily news reader. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to
0: bake I'm going to bake cookies. <laughs> mm-hmm. I figure I'll start the presentation with cookies. How bad Always could that good. be, right? Anyway, so dog and pony show, etc. So
2: remind him of the day as a daily news uh, features writer myself, I did a contest where I it was, it was, right now it was the beginning of summer, and I said, let's find out which cookies travel best through the mail if you're sending a care package to your child at camp. That was just a great
0: great. What, what was the answer? What was the answer? It was the answer was, "Oh my god, we got so many cookies." That was the point. Who cares? <laughs> oh, you actually had people send the cookies oh, yeah, to the you Daily had to News. See how they arrived,
2: did they oh. arrive crumpled That's or stale. That's genius, Which huh? ones kept their moistness and their shape? And I do recall there were kind of cookies that we started calling around my house reason to live cookies. Mm. Oh my god, they were so delicious. They were they were some kind of shortbread with jelly in between them, and usually I'm a chocolate person, but yeah. this was so scrumptious. That How
0: did you not win a Pulitzer? How did you not win a fucking Pulitzer <laughs> yeah, Prize? Yeah, really,
2: that's a good question. You must had yeah. a
0: thousand cookies in the office and be like every day, It'd be like, oh, "What came in today?"
2: Right, right. We're gonna right. do. We're gonna
0: revive that, was, that one. No, that was the old soupy sales routine, though. Do you yes, know about the soupy yeah, sales? Yeah. Routine? Yeah, 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 kids, go to your parents' wallet. Yeah, <laughs> take out all that green paper with the men on it and mail it to us. Yeah.
1: You
2: know, Soupy Shales once uh, once entered my contest at the Daily News. I had a contest called New York Stories, and one week the question was, um, what proof do you have that your pet is a genius? And he wrote that he had a dog, that He was walking one time, and he, and the dog sat down, and he started tugging. Come on, dog. The dog wouldn't budge. Come on, come on, move. The dog would not move. So finally, he went to the dog to pick up the dog, and the dog was sitting on $3 bills.
1: Oh, my God. That's a good dog. That's
2: a genius dog. That's a yeah, good You
1: dog.
0: need those three. Because Soupy Sales really needed those three yeah,
2: Clearly, <laughs> the kids had stopped sending there.
0: Wow, that's a great. <laughs> soupy yeah. sa- You really are a genius. You probably are the Start best. Start
2: the contest again. Wait, wait, wait. Become the Features Editor and hire Lenore. To run a weekly um, reader uh, participation humor contest. I would love
0: to do that, and I'll tell you why I can't do that. A, I don't have a dollar in the Daily News, and B, Arthur Brown is still the boss of the Daily News, and he hates oh, you. Oh, right. He? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what happened there? Well, maybe well, how, it could how do be great in the Brooklyn paper? How do well, great journalists? We can we can work on that. I don't understand how this business works because Lenore, you are one of the top. I would say one oh of the. Oh my top God! You know
2: who they got rid of before me, and this should have been the writing on the wall. Remember Jamie Bernard? Yeah, Jamie oh, Bernard was yeah, great too. Yeah, yeah. So she was funny. a former, and former after book after me, on paper. She was she was fantastic, and they got rid of. Um, David Hinckley? Yep. We well, got rid of Jim Farber, so I'm in great company. In no, no, but the Hinckley and Farber... That was Hinkley Hinckley and
0: Farber was very recent. That was in the latest round of layoffs.
2: Jim Farber and Hinckley, yeah. Yeah,
0: true. no, and mm-hmm. well, if Gersh Kunzman gets the job tomorrow after the Dog and Pony show, a lot of changes are going to happen, and they're going to be positive ones.
2: A lot of Hinckley and Farber. That'd well, be
0: great. there will be something like that. Anyway, we got to get out. Tell us about the book. You wrote a book, I which is a really a my, compilation.
2: My, a lot of my funniest columns and a couple of my tear jerkers, and it's called... Oh my god! I don't even have it in front of me. It's called "Has the World Gone Skenazy?" Thoughts on pop culture pet peeves and sporks. Because I once did a column researching the origin of the spork.
0: You're the Molly Ivans of our time.
2: Well, thank you.
0: I mean, if, and J- Johnny's looking at me like, "Who the hell is Molly Ivins?" <laughs> one of the greatest. <laughs> She's not alive. That's One of the greatest. Part.
1: Johnny's stuck on soupy sales.
0: No, because because <laughs> you have that tone of like good, solid reporting. But, but you still write it up in a funny way. You are, you are an enemy of earnestness like I am.
2: Yes, that's right. I thought you were going to say you're an enemy enemy of Ernest Hemingway, and I was going to think. No, no,
0: no, not completely. <laughs> we no. need to banish earnestness from that's American right. letters. right. Ernest,
2: right now we must think hard and and um, somberly about a situation. The situation.
0: But you do the reporting, though. You do yeah, the legwork. Yeah, I'm a reporter. So of course. Nobody does it anymore, Johnny. Nobody. Nobody has because
2: columnists get paid 25 cents and they can't afford the phone call that it would cost them to do some research.
0: I don't know. Look, I always pick up the phone, but I still am lazy compared to you. Lazy. There you go. (laughs) But don't tell that to Arthur Brown. (laughs) Don't listen, Arthur. He's not lazy. No, he's going to fire me tomorrow after the dog and pony show. Don't bring him the pony. That's a bad idea. No, I actually, my my girlfriend, who I love in Queens, said, you know what? You should just bring a dog and a pony. There you go. At the end of the presentation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bring him out. You can have what I just <laughs> pitched to you,
2: well, or no oh, no, what's going go on, go number the two. Go to the toy store and get like a little plastic dog and pony. That's not a bad idea. Mm. You I know how they, I got my job at the Daily News? Go. One of the things I did when go. I was trying to get my job at the Daily News way back when was I sent Gil Spencer, who was the editor then, mm. a toy ship. And I can't remember what inspired me to do this, but I said, "Let's not," because I was working at Advertising Age, which is in the same building as mm. the Daily News, and I said, let's not be like two ships passing in the night. <laughs>
1: Wow.
0: There you go. That worked. That worked. It worked. I'm that impressed. i I'm All right. Well, anyway, so but, but you tell us about the book. Counts. It's available. So it's filled
2: with wonderful, um, you know, well-researched stories on everything from why does the pen disappear next to the phone if you were just there and you were just on the phone and you have come back to the phone and the pen is gone. How I know. That I know why th- I know how that happens. How, how did that happen? The socks.
1: Well, it was an episode of the Twilight Zone. We're on a train, basically, <laughs> and each car they have to build everything that we go through. Train by train, every minute is a new train car. So there sometimes they mess up and they put the they forget to put the pen there. But when or they you come put back, put the pen
2: in the train, and so it's not near your phone.
1: When you come back a minute later, it's back. There, there it is. You it's you a great episode. Where yeah. is this book going to be
0: available, and when are you going to do a reading in Brooklyn?
2: Oh, I'll do a reading as soon as you want, and the book is available now. Um, I haven't figured out how to do publicity for it, so this is my publicity for it. You're you oh, getting you're gonna, it. But it's uh, there's just a lot of. Fun stuff, and I can't think of another damn column that's in there, but trust me, they're hilarious.
0: And I just came up with a name for your nonprofit. Let's hear Free Kids, Strong Kids.
2: Something strong. I don't want to use Free Kids again because uh, it's a Shockingly similar to free-range kids,
0: but let my you know. children go. I know, and I let have let my children my grow. my
1: children go. Let my children grow. Oh, Don't
2: grow. you get it? Yeah. yeah
1: no, they're grow. gonna grow no they're matter what.
2: Here's here's yeah. one that I tried out today that nobody liked. It you might like yeah. was the um the overprotection racket.
0: Uh-huh. No, 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 that's a mob joke. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I know yeah, nobody got, no, got it. Um, it. Arthur Brown might get it. What else?
2: Jeez. Yeah, right, right. Corruption. Um, what else? Let my children grow. <laughs> Johnny, so how about rebraving America?
0: No, what? Uh, the home of deprave. Home, no, I don't know. We got to get out, Lenore. I do. Bring before back you go, our balls. Before no. you go, I have to. Um, I have to ask you one other question. Uh oh. So you're you're not getting any younger. <laughs> <laughs> no, Neither is this pitch. Listen, <laughs> no, but seriously, if if you get to the age of seventy, you have kids, right? And you you've raised Those them great. You've raised them to be free-range kids.
2: They're going to throw me in the nursing home.
0: That's what they're going to do. Mm. But not if you have your own Medicaid-managed plan like Village if Care only. Max. No, it's if only. Just call them. Who? Village CareMax. Ah. You go to villagecaremax.org, and they mm. will help you by working with your Medicaid provider and a team of professionals to stay in your home.
2: Wait, is there a team of professionals involved?
0: There's a team of professionals involved. Let me mm. give you the phone number. It's one 800 Four six nine six two nine two, 469-6292, or you go to that website, villagecaremax.org, because you want to live the life, you want to live in your own home. And Vince, I think, has got another question for you.
1: Yeah, are you looking for a uh, a quality dentist who provides care at an affordable price? Any chance?
2: Um, yeah, you know, I didn't think I was, but suddenly <laughs> in the last 20 minutes, I realized I uh, need an affordable dentist at a quality price.
1: You'll be happy to hear <laughs> The dentist and skilled hygienist at Dr. Joseph Lichter's state-of-the-art office use the most up-to-date technologies and techniques to provide you the best experience possible. Dr. Lichter and his staff perform traditional dental procedures such as teeth cleaning, fillings, root canal therapy, and tooth extractions. But in addition, he and his staff offer the latest in restorative and cosmetic dentistry, including implants, porcelain veneers, crowns, fixed bridges, and more. These are procedures that can make a broken smile look like new. So call Dr. Lichter's office today. He's at 718-339-7878. You can set up an appointment that can improve your quality of life. Dr. Lichter is located at 1420 Avenue P in Midwood, between East 14th and East 15th Streets. And you can visit his website at josephlichterdds.com. It's fantastic
0: that Vince and I have shared with you our advertiser's attempt to keep you healthy and in your home and with clean teeth for the rest of your life, Lenore. Teeth are important. If you're just joining us, we're going to let Laura, Lenore Skenazi go. Now, it's, it rhymes with crazy. crazy. I know, and I just oh, pronounced I it wrong. I just pronounced it wrong. That's what I do. Lenore Skinazi rhymes with crazy, is one of the greatest American journalists alive.
2: There you go.
0: Got a book coming out, got a nonprofit she needs to name. If you want to know all about it, just... Click the back button on your browser, and the show will that start up again. How did how
1: would you work that out with the Daily News? Like with these columns that were written for the Daily News, do you own a oh, copyright? Oh, I got the
2: phone now. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, uh, there is actually somebody knocking at the door, thinking, "What? How, how come the door is open, but nobody is coming uh, to it?" So well,
0: I, well, I, 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 I got to go did. too because I got to work my shift at the Park Slope Food Co-op. So, so Lenore Scanese, let's get a round of applause for her, Johnny. Great Woo. author, great Daily News legend, not. Lo- not beloved by everybody at the current Daily News, but who cares? I love you, Lenore. You're a great right. writer. And I love you too, girl. Oh, All that's right. very sweet. Thank okay. Take care, Lenore. All right. Okay, that was right. Gonna- I'll tell bye. you something about her. She really is the real fucking deal.
1: She's a great job. Okay. No, her column this week is about what she was talking about, about parking cars in the streets and should we uh, move away from that? Should we stop giving? This is a give back to, to car drivers. Should Total we- give back. Should anyway, we, you know,
0: stop that. I got to get out because I really. You know what my on- headline
1: is? What's your headline? Uh, my headline is uh, leave free parking to Monopoly. Oh, nice. Nice. That's not bad. I, I, I have to see the page. I mean, it all, it all depends on the page, Johnny. Yeah, leave free parking to Monopoly. All right, I got
0: to get out. Johnny, I want to ask you to play the outro music in a second, but the last thing I'm going to do is I'm going to say, Vince, yep. I'm heading to the Park Slope Food Co-op Tuesday night six o'clock shift. Please, if you can hear the sound of my voice, come down to the co-op. When you work the shift at the co-op, what are you? What are you actually doing? Like, I'm on the, the ca- I'm on the the cash cash machine. Now, cashier. do you
1: have to like? A, is that like something you're trained in doing, or like how does that work?
0: Yeah, you're trained.
1: You're trained to be a cashier.
0: I'm now the guy who trains the young cashiers, and it's and it's it's very satisfying work, Johnny. It's I, I love mentoring the young. Can co-op. I ask you
1: this? Because I, I haven't been to the co-op in years. Like, let's say I bring up some radishes. Sure or uh what are those purple things that look like uh that look like celery I mean like cabbages no you mean no you don't no, mean what he, are he, cabbages? Means, he means no. rhubarb he means rhubarb uh, thank you thank you rhubarb yeah let's say i got some rhubarb how how is the rhubarb price because i don't see guys putting the the price sticker on no the there's rhubarb. a little in
0: the bin right in front of the bin it says rhubarb you know 2 dollars a bunch or right. 3 dollars a pound yeah so how does but how do you know when you because oh, I know the code for root bananas, for example, 94011. Nine, oh, I just punch it right in. So you know the... I know the code. You know the banana code. Yeah, banana code. I know a lot of codes. Okay. Well, Onion, so four, 94166. Six. But aren't there different types of onions? 94166. Six. But are there other onions?
1: Sure. Limes,
0: well, Limes 4048. Oh, Lemons, 94959. Four, nine, nine. Mango, 94958. And these are the things people buy a lot of.
1: Okay, so now you you punch in that code, and now the price comes up based on what? Well, if it's a weighable item, I put it on the scale, and then I punch in the code. If it's not weighable... I know, but like, isn't that being reprogrammed all the time? Like, No, the numbers don't change. If you go to the supermarket, No, I'm not any saying the numbers change. I'm saying the price changes. Yeah, somebody else programs it. So that it. has to be programmed as well. Yeah, somebody
0: on the back end, like a Sylvan Migdahl or a See, Johnny.
1: that's me. That's you. See, when you're at the food co-op, you're out there, you're talking to people, yeah, f- you're smiling, yeah. you're taking their money, they're happy. Yeah. Me, I'm the guy in the back. I'm punching in those codes and I'm making sure all the numbers come up right. Well, we, also,
0: we all serve who stand and wait or punch in codes or whatever.
1: I'm just saying. All right. Well,
0: we got to go because I got to go to the food club. Johnny, play us out. We'll do it live. Do it live. live. That's it. I'm Gersh Kuntzman. I'm just taking off my stuff. (laughs) Taking it off.
1: (laughs) We'll see you next week.